to your Christ family. I know it's got to be hard to see me on this screen this morning. As the storm started raging yesterday and the flights started to get canceled one after the next, I was overcome by a huge feeling of sadness. This isn't how this was supposed to go. This isn't how this was supposed to end. And yet, we know that Jesus holds us. And we know that while we'll never know all the purposes behind me being with you virtually today instead of in person, we know that Jesus has a great reason for it. Let that be our confidence as I give you my final sermon to you as your pastor in what has been nine of the most incredible months of my life. I'm so thankful, so thankful that the Lord gave me this time of being your pastor. And it's a joy to have served with you, and I cannot wait to see the Lord's plans continue to unfold for the Christ family. It's hard to believe. I remember going through my call packet last May, the joy of flipping through every page, the excitement I felt when I got to the Christ Lutheran directory, a directory I've paged through every morning, every single last page, as I prayed for you these past nine months. With fingers trembling and a smile on my face, I called, texted, and emailed as many of you as I could. This was my dream come true, to be a pastor, to live in an exciting mission field like Clarksville, Maryland. I knew Jesus had an incredible plan in mind. As I had to visit with you in your homes, laugh with you on the phone, bring Jesus to you during times of darkness, I realized right away how special of a family Christ Lutheran is. From the moment I greeted you on July 4th, this moment now, when we look into a far different future, there is one constant. There's one final message that I must give you. That message is this. Jesus holds you. It's that one message that carries us through moments like these. It's Jesus holding us close that puts everything into perspective. The Apostle Paul understood that. As he wrote Philippians, he was sitting in prison a far different situation that he had ever envisioned for himself. It was a temptation to think, woe is me. Paul's sinful nature screams internally, Jesus, I deserve better. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Why are you treating me this way? Why is this happening? It's not fair. No one, including myself, pictured us being together for only nine months. Truth be told, it still hasn't sunk in for me yet. Christ family, even in these times of sadness, we cannot let the devil have the final word. Of course he wants this situation to tear this family apart. He wants us to focus on loss, not the eternal gain we have with Jesus. He wants us to live lost, to focus on grudges, what-ifs, scenarios, and guilt. But that's all rubbish. It's all holding on to garbage. We will never fully know the whole scope of why the Lord brought you and me together for such a short time. But we do know that we aren't lost. We do know the one thing worth knowing. Like Paul wrote as the chain shook with each stroke of his pen. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, 
I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. We could feed the false narrative that Satan wants us to read, the narrative that we all failed, the lie that it was a mistake. But if we buy that story, we gain nothing. When we grab hold of the story, not only do we have everything, but we're found. In moments like these, we can feel lost. I mean, after all, I have no idea where the Lord will send me next. You have no idea what the future will hold, who your next pastor will be. But we aren't spiritually homeless. We're found in Christ. We know Jesus. This knowing is not just surface level, it's marrow deep. Our lives are completely entwined with Christ. To know Jesus is to know righteousness. To know Jesus is to stop asking, am I enough? We don't have the enoughness to dictate our future, especially our eternal future. We cannot, you and I, we cannot justify ourselves before God. On our own, what do you and I so often do? Well, we, we grab hold of accomplishments, trophies, recognition, our rightness and arguments, but such grabbing is a mere clutching of the wind. Here today, gone tomorrow. The way I see it, we have two options before us. To lament, complain, and blame for the suffering we have in this life that you and I are going through right now. Or to desire one goal. To know Christ. To know the power of His resurrection. To know our participation in His sufferings. To know what it means to become like Him in His death. To know Jesus is to know He's enough. He took hold of us. He values us and made us his top priority. Every day, by faith, we join Paul in saying, I want to know Christ. The heart of faith that beats in gospel rhythm pleads to know but one, Jesus. The tempter wants us to get lost in the sea of scenarios or dwell in the realm of regrets, wondering, what if I had done this? What if she had done that? What if he had come through in that way? We could spend all our time dwelling in the past, but rather, by faith, let's forget what is behind us and let's press on toward what we know. Jesus holds us. He holds us up in hands marked with holes of victory. He sets us on a race. And that race together does not end at this sermon's last, amen. The goal of our race remains the same. Even if we are physically separated from one another, we press on as brothers and sisters in Christ, not in competition or arguing with one another, but running side by side. Now what will our running technique look like? Look how Paul coaches us. Press on. Take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold. Forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind doesn't mean we try to reset our memory hard drive. Forgetting what is behind, it means we don't let the past dictate our race. Forgetting what is behind means we don't let Satan pester us with doubts and division 
regret and retaliation. Instead, we put those sinful urges aside, empowered by the Spirit, and we strain for what is ahead. We don't strain toward creating the future we want for ourselves. No, we strain toward the one where past, present, and future meet, Jesus. We strain with all our might through every life situation for the prize that awaits, the embrace of our God when he holds us for eternity. We strive in our lives of faith and in the church to embrace the mission Jesus has given us. We strive to steer clear of the sin that so easily entangles us. We strive not with malice, and hard feelings, but with forgiveness and grace, all motivated by the one who took hold of us, found us when we were lost, and was the trailblazer of our faith. As we run behind our trailblazer, we take a moment to look from side to side. We see brothers and sisters in Christ who know Jesus as we do, who believe as we do, whose righteousness, whose enoughness, comes from the one who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever imagine. We look at one another, and then like Paul, we immediately look heavenward. We imagine that day of seeing Jesus face to face when every pain and separation and goodbye, they all melt with each laugh that comes from his face as he joyfully welcomes us home. My dear Christ family, we got to run this race together for the past nine months. But in reality, we've been running it together for our entire lives. Our partnership in this race doesn't end at 11 a.m. this morning. It will only end. And we have gathered all together again at the heavenly victory banquet when the Lord Jesus will take hold of the crown of life and place it on each one of our heads. Today is not about goodbye. Today is about the one who holds you, who holds the future, and who holds all hope. Jesus holds you. He always will. My prayer is that if you forget all else about me, I hope you remember this one thing I'm about to say to you. Jesus holds you. That's my prayer. My hope is that you saw little glimpses of Jesus through me. And my joy, my joy is that I know we will keep running together. And I can't wait to see you all at the finish line. Amen. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be all glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for the joy and the privilege of being your pastor. I look forward to connecting with you after worship today. And never forget, Jesus holds you. He is your rock. He is your redeemer. Your ever-present help in times of trouble. And I know that you're in good hands. Amen.